Well, hello there, friends, and welcome back to the show. This week, we have two episodes. So this is part two of our Ditch Imposter Syndrome episode. And what I'll be sharing on this episode are some of the tips and tricks we can use to help combat those imposter thoughts that are coming up. So if you haven't listened already, head back over to episode number 33, so the one just before this one, and you can learn a bit more about imposter thoughts and the different types of imposter thoughts. I think it's really important um, to be thinking about it because not all imposter thoughts or imposter syndrome is the same. And so it's important to identify how it's coming up for us and also to realize that it's not all our fault. There is a lot of places that it comes from. There's this imposter message that can be out there. So if you haven't listened, go back and listen to 33 and then come back and listen to 34. And we're going to be getting into some tips on overcoming imposter thoughts. Well, hey there, I'm Liz St. Jean, and this is the Unruly Leadership Podcast, where I help subject matter experts like you design a career on your terms. It's where strategy meets intuition to help you break the rules, ignore the rules, and make your own damn rules. So let's break free from perfectionism, imposter thoughts, and that inner rule keeper that's keeping you in your career comfort zone. It's time to become unapologetically you and step into the life you were meant to live. We're going to talk presence, productivity, career, and having it all. Or, as my four-year-old would say, we're going to take over the world. So let's get to it. Okay. So those are the types of imposter thoughts that can come up. And I'm going to drop a resource here. Okay, this is a Google Doc I have. It has a very, very cheeky title on this topic. It's called The Perfect System to Overcome Imposter Thoughts. So it's a very cheeky title for an imposter, uh, imposter syndrome or imposter thought resource. And basically I list out there's seven different practical tips of different things we can do on a regular basis to, to work on kind of ditching or cleansing or whatever. Um, whatever word you want to think of overcoming the imposter thoughts and I'm going to touch on a few of them but I've got the resource there so that you've, you've got the resource itself and you can uh, pick any of the others or work through all of them and the first one I wanted to highlight and it's come up a few times this week in the summit is about practicing self-compassion the practicing self-compassion and the reason is that because whenever we have when we have these thoughts and whichever bucket it falls in when we make a mistake and it's tied to something we're having imposter thoughts around that spikes our energy like but like spike like a football spike to the ground like right down to the bottom of the energy bucket so again with the workshop we talked about energy levels so anyone who remembers it's energy level one and two is where we usually go right away and we start thinking like oh my god is if we're going to realize i'm a fraud i'm a fake are they going to catch me out sometimes for some people brains even spiral into like oh my god they're going to they're going to fire me i'm going to get fired like we we get into that spiral very very common natural spiral and you probably already know like there's there's this uh, we call it the knowing doing gap we often know something and we don't always do the thing. So we know that em um, embracing imperfection is good, right? Renee Brown talks about this all the time. I think we all know, know and love Renee Brown. So 
to, to be able to ditch these kinds of thoughts, part of it comes with the self-compassion to realize that we're not always going to be perfect. So again, with the cheeky, it was a cheeky title to call it the perfect system, because it's, this is about like embracing imperfection and being okay with mistakes and learning to um, manage those emotions and the thoughts that come up when we're making mistakes. And part of it is about recognizing that as we grow and develop, especially for the folks who are listening, who are planning to, to literally rise into higher level leadership, into director level role, VP, executive role, when we get into those uh, kind of like bigger stakes, like those bigger decisions, there's a lot more ambiguity, we're going to make decisions that, that won't always be right because it can't be. Like it's, there's no leader that we have examples of always making the right decision. So there'll always be mistakes. Like that's just part of rising into leadership. And so part of it is actually recognizing that it's not about making the right choice. It's about being comfortable with the risk and being able to evaluate the risk and recognize, okay, I've got these options. If I, it, like a very simple one is like, we can do this or not. And then saying, okay, here's the risk and the reward of doing this thing. Here's the risk and the reward of not doing the thing. And then weighing it out and going into it, eyes wide open, being like, yep, yeah, I know that here's the, the potential fallout or the out, um, unintended consequences. And I'm okay with it because of, and then you have your reasons for it as well. And the more comfortable you come with it, the more intuitive it'll be. In the beginning, I do recommend like actually taking the time and thinking about your options and thinking about the what the expected outcomes and, and the unintended outcomes could be. And you become more comfortable with risk. You become more comfortable with making mistakes. So it's less about becoming great and better and, you know, always doing things the right way. It's more about being okay with risk and being okay with mistakes. And self-compassion is the most important way of being able to forgive yourself. You know, just the way you would forgive a team member or another leader, like when someone um, makes some kind of mistake or that didn't work out, you'd feel compassion for them. So we gotta practice that for ourselves. The next one I wanna talk about, so the perfect system, that was the P for practice self-compassion. I'm gonna jump over to R next. And R stands for remember that feedback isn't actually about you. I know I talked about this earlier this week, but I wanted to reiterate that one. So a lot of these thoughts are often triggered by negative feedback, critical feedback. Sometimes I've even seen it being triggered by a comment or feedback that technically is neutral. So someone will share, you see this actually a lot in Facebook groups. If you see people be like, oh my gosh, my manager said this. And you know, then they're like, what do I do? What am I gonna do about this? And sometimes you read the comment that was said and you're like, oh, that feels very neutral to me. Or that feels like a fair bit of feedback. Like that feels fair. Like if, if you're always showing up late, like if, if you're supposed to be at work at eight because of that's when, because you need to, like that's the, the um, agreement at your work and you're showing up at 8.45 all the time. Well, that's, that's feedback. But the challenge is, we, we take it very personally and we can, and we, especially when we're highly sensitive. So I've had to work through this one a lot myself about feeling very sensitive to feedback and critical feedback. And what always helps is reminding myself, feedback isn't really about me, like me personally, as a, as a person, especially in the workplace, it's not usually about us, even if it comes out as though it's about us. What it usually is, is about the, per the person who's giving feedback it's about their perception of a situation, okay? It's about how they perceive things. And it's, our, it's within our power to choose what to take on of that 
and what to do with it really. So do we, do we agree that's, you know, like, so the case example I had before, which is that I had agreed to start this job at 8am, but I'm not showing up until 845. Is there, you know, is that, how do, how do I want to handle that? Is that something I want to negotiate now? Is there, cause I probably have my reasons. I can't get to daycare on time or I'm caring for an elderly parent. Like I have these reasons, but really being able to get out of that place of making it about me is so helpful. And instead recognizing it's about what the other person thinks. And what's really powerful is when you get into a place where you recognize that it actually gives you information about what the other person values, um, what's important to them. And you can use that information to, to nurture the relationship, to understand what's important to that person. This is especially the case if it's your boss. If your boss is giving you feedback, that is gold information about knowing how they see the world. So one of the examples I always like to share is that it was early in my career and I had sent an email. I don't remember what it was about. I sent it to a boss at the time and this boss, we've, we've, I have many stories about this boss, but uh, one of them is that I, so I'm, I'm down the hallway from him and I sent this email and he yells, Lance, get over here. <laughs> so I went to his office and he looks at, you look at the computer, he looks at me, he looks at the computer. Looks at you don't send information like that in an email. You come in here and tell me in person. <laughs> it's like, uh, okay, noted. He's like, all right, see you later. And I went back to my desk. I was a little bit stunned. Like what, what just happened? I don't even know what just happened there. And I mean, part of it is that, so part of my background too, is that I do not have a professional background. I come from working class and, you know, kind of grew up very, very working class. So I didn't know under any of the, like the unstated rules of the workplace and thinking back, I mean, it probably, the email was probably fine. It might not have been, I don't even know at this point. What I took away from it though, here's what I took away. Oh, my boss likes things verbally. Okay, my boss likes things verbally. So I didn't even, and I, it helped at the time I was learning about a, there's a, an assessment tool called DISC. For anyone who hasn't seen this, I highly recommend this one. It's fantastic, D-I-S-C. And it's all about communication preferences. And I was, this was actually how I got into this whole realm of leadership and, and relationships at work. And so I think for me, it really helped because I was just learning about my own communication style and I was learning about it through the lens of what it means when I'm communicating with others. Some people prefer verbal, some people prefer long emails, some people, you know, what people's preferences are. And so I walked away from, you know, basically being yelled at essentially like someone else could have walked away and spent the next week worrying about what that meant, or maybe venting about it, being frustrated. And at the time for me, I kind of walked away being like, oh, okay. So now I tell him things in person. <laughs> and that's all the feedback was. It wasn't really about me because I've had other bosses in the past who want everything in writing. They, they want it in writing. They want those de they want it details in writing right? So when you get feedback, it's golden information about how other people experience the world, what their values are, what their perspective is, what their expectations are. Um, that can be especially helpful if you're in a place where you're not getting um, expectations, like you might not even have a job description. When you're getting feedback, you know, create your own job description based on the kind of feedback that you're getting. But it goes also back to the self-compassion, that self-compassion piece of if you do have a strong reaction, you can also have self-compassion for having the strong reaction, okay? I lean into that a lot myself, right? Being compassionate towards myself for having a strong emotional reaction. So I have a... <laughs> My emotions are a roller coaster. For any of you who know me, might go up and they go down. They go all over the place. 
And so self-compassion has been really important so that if I'm getting feedback that I feel like I'm taking it personally, I also then have self-compassion about my reaction to the feedback. Okay. All right. Number three. And again, there are seven of them. So check out the guide if you want all seven. Um, number three is feel the beat and dance to your own music or dance to your personal songs. And there's a couple of reasons I have this in here. So one is that there is something about music. It gets into us. It gets into our soul. We feel it. And it does something. Um, I haven't actually seen the research on this. So, But here, my, my personal theory is that it, it really helps the mind-body connection okay, between the lyrics and between the, the music and the, the, the tonality of the singer. It really connects us between our mind, our emotions, our bodies. And we can't help but be drawn into it. And so one way of overcoming these thoughts, or especially if you're going into a situation and you're having imposter thoughts about it, is play music if you can. You've got headphones, you put them on, or if you're working at home, you're not on a call, you can just turn on and feel it. If you can get some moves going to get your body moving, whether whether you're full on dancing or just like just getting your body moving, that's going to help with this. So this is so some of the other pieces about that I just shared with you start with the head. This one starts with the body. Okay, you're helping your body, you're getting, getting your body into a place where it feels powerful. And just, and you feel good and visualize things. Well, this is another piece about it. It was like visualizing things working out and music really helps with that. Okay. Now, the other piece though, is that the dance to your own beat is also about kind of us as humans is recognizing that we all have different ways of showing up. You know, I sort of alluded to this earlier, maybe said it outright. Like we're all a bit unique. We look around the table, we might be an only in one way, but the person right beside you is probably an only in their way. And going around the table, like everyone is kind of an only in some way or other. And instead of trying to hide it, instead of trying to like just wash that away to be like everyone else, I want you to embrace it. I want you to dance to that own beat that you have, recognize it and, and see where see where it fits in. And hopefully you're in an organization, you know, hopefully you're in an organization that is really welcoming and encouraging of inclusion, of bringing in diverse ways of thinking, of feeling, of being, of experiences. Um, but even if you're in an organization that is maybe not as advanced or is struggling, they're struggling to really encourage that inclusion. This is where the, the power comes from is still being able to show up as yourself still being able to have that unique beak, that unique personality and recognizing that I may be an only at the table, but I, I'm also me. Like I'm, I'm also bringing a unique perspective to this table. Okay. And I'm also recognizing, look around and I feel like an only in my way. And there's probably other people at the table who are onlys in their way. And you can even kind of start becoming, um, it's, it's sort of, feel a little bit meta or maybe backwards, but when you're the only, you can look for the, the other onlys and help them feel included and look for the other folks that maybe aren't being <clears throat> as listened to, right? And you start giving, right? And so coming from that place of strength is really powerful for being able to ditch this, right? Because you can start coming up with counter messages and really strengthening that muscle, that muscle where you come up with a strong message, a powerful message, or we also call it like a leadership message, like having, having that leader, the leader mindset, like figuring out for yourself, what's that leader message? What's that message inside of yourself that even if you are an only at the table, you still feel like you belong and you still feel powerful and you're feeling that strength, okay? So even if someone's telling you this message, 
you know, oh, not a good time for you, but you can still feel strong inside yourself that this is a good time for me. And that's okay. That's feedback that they gave. They gave me their feedback from their perspective based on their, their life, based on what they, what they think is helpful for, to me, but that's not actually helpful. You know, coming at it from that more of a kind of a neutral place, maybe even if you can find it, even love for the other person or compassion for the other person that whatever their life experiences led them to say something like this. You, you can also go to that more warrior place of anger and fight back. You can, that is a choice. Um, quite often I find that at those higher energy levels, like loves, that's level four for those of you caught the training, or there's might be even getting into collaboration or connection. When you come at it from those higher energy levels, it's just easier. It just feel, it just drops away. You, like I said, you can fight, but there's, they can even see my body language, right? Like, oh, like if you're going to fight it and tell them how they're wrong and like, I'm going to show them how I can do it. That can work, but it can be very hard and it can be very hard on our bodies and our souls even versus coming more from that place of you know, compassion or love for the other person and telling ourselves, finding the, the leader message in our minds of, no, this is actually a great time for me. This is a phenomenal time for me. I'm going to be great at this position. You know, I'm going to do really well, like the, especially this one being able to flip that message, that fear-based message of what if I fail? What if I fall on my face? What if it doesn't work out? This is a really important one to strengthen and to and to, to flip and figure out a different narrative because the more we worry about failing, the more likely we are to fail. Like it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy if we get there versus if we can get into um, more of the powerful cycle uh, where we're telling ourselves positive messages and really strengthening that positive message mindset that can help us shift, you know, ditch these away, wash them away and not have those burrs that I was talking about, not trying to like go through um, our professional experiences with being held down by this anchor or that parachute. I don't know, pick your metaphor. I know I gave you, I think I've given you like 18 metaphors in this, in this training. So pick a metaphor that works <laughs> or pick multiple of them. And then I think I mentioned this before. I'm forgetting now which which uh, presentation or Facebook live I talked about this. So I talked about Captain Barnacles. I think early on, maybe it was last week in a pre in a pre training. The Captain Barnacles had his situation, and he was trying to get through these caves, and he was very afraid of going through the caves scuba diving. If you don't know, Captain Barnacles is from Octonauts. I have a young child, so I I watch a lot of Octonauts. Uh, there's a lot in our household. Um, but Captain Barnacles was pointing out to the per to the person he was with. He says, "You can't be brave." if you're not afraid first, okay? You can't be brave if you're not afraid first. So that's the piece I wanna leave you on is to have that, find that courage, right? Find, find that courage inside of yourself because if you don't need to feel courageous about something, it, it's that means it's within your more comfortable zone. It may be in your confidence zone, your comfort zone, your growth zone, as I call them. But if you're not afraid, then you're not outside of that zone yet. And outside the zone, that's where we really grow, right? What I did find when I was doing my grad research and in all of the work I've done with people is that these are really natural thoughts that come up and we can't, it's really difficult if we expect ourselves to get, a, get to a place where we don't have these thoughts, especially if you're the kind of person who you care about others, you care about the impact on others, you want to make meaningful impact, you wanna make a difference you're going to have some of these fears. Like that's, it's a, it's a natural part of it to have those fears because you, because you care kind of like the flip side of caring so much. Right. And so what we want to do though, is to recognize like, Oh, okay. I'm having some of these thoughts. I'm going to find that courage and I'm going to keep going. 
something. Or I'm going to make a conscious choice, like a high energy conscious choice to not do the thing. Now, there's lots of people doing this, stepping away from management or taking, taking a pause, going and doing something different. Like, it's just, I'm going to take a little break. Not because it's not a good time because someone else told us, but for ourselves, like, you know what? This is, this is not what I want to focus on right now. I've got these other things and that's okay. But it comes from higher energy as opposed to a fear-based energy. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Now, if this podcast helped you or inspired you in any way, I would love for you to leave me a review over on Apple Podcasts. It takes about 20 seconds, if that, and it's, it's honestly the easiest way for you to thank me for this episode. Every time I see a review, it brings me so much joy and it just lights me up. So if you could do that for me, I would be ever so grateful. Now, the other thing you can do is you can take a screenshot of this episode or even a screenshot of your review and send it to a friend or share it in a Facebook group or even post on your LinkedIn newsfeed to let other people know about this podcast and this episode. Thanks again. And now get out there and start breaking some rules.